You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. Hi, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday, and I'm riding solo again. Ike going to be with us, hopefully, in the next episode. But this episode right here, it's got to be a post-game NBA playoffs episode edition of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday because I'm doing it late, well, really early on a Thursday morning. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm recording this at 12. 16 a.m. Central Standard. No, it ain't Central Standard Time. 12, 16 a.m. Memphis Time because Memphis is its own city and its own state with our own time zone. It just will happen to be 12, 16, just like the other cities and, and states in the Central Time Zone. But don't get it twisted. This is the Memphis Time Zone. But we got a little NBA playoffs post-game edition. And uh, I want to start with the the... the Playoff series that I, the second most exciting or most interesting playoff series to me, that's Nets and Celtics, because the first uh, most exciting playoff series to me is my Memphis Grizzlies and Minnesota Timberwolves. And the Grizzlies, you know, took care of Minnesota Timberwolves in game two here in Memphis, 124 to 96. And John Morant messed around and almost had a triple double to tie that series up at a game apiece. But the Grizzlies played on Tuesday. This post game for the games on Wednesday. And I wanted to talk about the Nets and the Celtics. This is the series I want to, the reason why I want to see this series play it out is because Celtics, great regular season, actually a great team. Then you got Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the best players in the NBA. Now the Celtics won game one. Last second shot, Marcus Smart. Made a great play, dribble, dribble, finds Jason Tatum. Tatum gets it, spins around, lays it up at the buzzer. They win by two. But game two, I wanted to see how the Nets were going to respond because Kyrie, much respect to the man, he's observing Ramadan, so he's not eating or drinking anything until sunset. But he gets fined $50,000 because he just uh, uh, obscene gestures and words that Celtics fans threw at him in game one, he gave it right back to them, but he gets fined $50,000 because I guess he ain't supposed to do that. Just because they're athletes, they're just supposed to take all kinds of verbal abuse, uh, regardless of what these fans say and what they do, because that's how the NBA and, and, and really people think about them. Commodities, not human beings. They don't suppose saying anything. But anyway, Kyrie Irving getting, getting fined. $50,000 playing in game two. And I got to give it to the Nets, man. They came out and balled out. They, they, I mean, they were having the ball, but Boston just wasn't having it. The Celtics just weren't having it. They end up winning game two. They go up 2 nothing, But they had to come back because Brooklyn pretty much controlled the entire first half. They led the entire first half, then... Boston started kind of waking up. Boston kind of started kind of dinning them up. Not started kind of dinning them up. They were dinning them up. And what the Celtics are doing, they're doing something to Kevin Durant, man, I haven't seen done in a long time. 
which is shutting him down. And I love, I love the way Kevin Durant plays, man. 6'10", 6'11", man, with guard skills and the way he shoots that jump shot, the way he shoots that jumper, man. Every time he shoots the ball, I'm expecting it to go in. He just dominates players and dominates teams, but uh, uh, he hadn't been able to dominate the Boston Celtics in these first two games. The Boston Celtics have dominated KD. And it's perplexing to me because, as I said, man, Kevin Durant is one of those dudes I consider unguardable. I consider unstoppable, but the Boston Celtics have stopped him. Now, he had 27 points against the Celtics in game two, but he only hit four of 17 field goals. He didn't score a bucket in the second half at all. That's how good that Boston Celtics defense was on him. And speaking of defense, hold on before I get into the game. Hold on, man. Shout out to uh, Marcus Smart. He wins the 2021-2022 Defensive Player of the Year Award. He becomes the first guard guard to win that award since Gary Payton won it when he was playing for the Seattle Supersonics back in 1995-1996. And Gary Payton is also the one that's there to present Marcus Smart with that award. So salute to Marcus Smart, man, winning the Defensive Player of the Year Award, as I said, as a guard, as a point guard, the second point guard, second guard to win it. GP won it. 95-96, Marcus Smart wins it this year. And I wanted my guy Jaron Jackson Jr. to win it, who plays for the Grizzlies. After all, he did leave the NBA and block. But Marcus Smart, man, being able to defend point guards, defend on the perimeter, defend big guards. And just the way he's – the versatility he shows on the defensive end, man and the hustle and the determination. So salute to you, Marcus Smart. But now getting back to KD and the Boston Celtics and Marcus Smart. They shutting KD down, man. And I think I heard Kendrick Perkins say they punking him. No, they ain't punking him. You ain't punking Kevin Durant, man. Two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA finals MVP when he was playing with Golden State. You're not punking him. They're not punking him. They did his ass up, though. They are D'ing him up. And the defense that they're playing on him, man, it's just they're playing very physical defense on him. They're making it hard for him to get the ball. They're making it hard for Kyrie or anybody else to give him the rock. And they're in his chest. And they're bumping him. Every time he cuts to try to go get it, they're bumping him. And that's a big reason they're up 2 nothing now. It's a big reason why they want it. 114 and 107. But my thing is the way Kevin Durant is struggling, man. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to comprehend and fathom. But when you see what Boston is doing to him, as I said, they den him up. They're playing aggressive with him and they're getting away with a lot of aggressiveness. It's like they're putting the elbow in his chest and in his stomach every time he cuts to try to get the rock. And they're keeping him off balance. They're putting some height on him. Some bodies on him. Jason Tatum doing a great job defensively. Al Horford doing a great job defensively. KD struggled in the first game to shoot. Struggled in the second game to shoot. And Kyrie had an off game. Scored just 10 points. Now, Kevin Durant didn't score eight bucket in the second half at all. Kyrie just scored one bucket in the second half. Like I said, to finish with 10 points. 4-13 shooting for Kyrie. But I can kind of understand Kyrie observing Ramadan, can't eat or drink until sundown. 
So once the sun did go down in Boston, I saw him go to the locker room and came out with some fruit, I think a banana or something. So get, but not to have the, any food or anything in him. But you got to respect him and his faith. But he said scored 10 points. Had to be a little weak. Physically. But that's what that's about, though. But KD, what's wrong with KD? I don't think anything wrong with KD. Boston Celtics is what's wrong with KD. And as I said, I am surprised, man, that he's struggling like that. Got to give it to him, though. Got to give it to him. Got to give it to the way Boston Celtics is being him up. Just banging him, being physical with him. You know, KD's still thin. He's tough, but he's still thin. And if any, if the referee allows any team or any players to be physical with KD, he can have some problems, especially when those players are kind of long like him. Jason Tatum isn't as long as KD, but he has some good size and good height on him. Al Horford is close to the same height. And Al Horford is a post player, but he can move his feet. I see KD missing free throws, committing unforced turnovers. But when Kendrick Perkins said they punking him, they ain't, they ain't punking him. They just dinned him up. They're doing a good job of ding them up. And people can criticize KD all they want. Hey, man, he just had two off games. And he's had two off games because how well Boston Celtics is playing defense against him. Now, the Brooklyn Nets, KD, Kyrie, that's they big, that's they big two. As I said, KD, 27 points, but he, he, he shot the ball like, hey, 4 of 17, man. When you go 4 of 17 from the field and you lose, even if you win, 27 points doesn't look impressive. It's not impressive. When you miss 13, of the, 13 shots, Kyrie 10. So Brooklyn, that's big two combined for 37 points. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined to score 42 points. Jalen Brown had 22.6 assists. Jason Tatum, 19 points, 10 assists. Now Boston up 2-0. But the thing about it is that Boston is the higher seed. They were playing at home. Now, we can talk all day, but Boston was supposed to win the first two games. Actually supposed to win the series because they're the higher seed. The Nets had to win a playoff game to get in. Playoffs. Now, they in. But as good as Brooklyn's big two of Kyrie and Kevin Durant is Steve Nash head coach, I mean, their offensive is simple. Kyrie, you can shoot it whenever you want to. Kevin Durant, you can shoot it whenever you want to. Anybody else, you can shoot it when Kyrie and Kevin Durant don't want to shoot it. They determine if y'all shoot it or not. That's the offense. Kyrie, do your thing, and you got to let him do his thing because no one can guard him. Kevin Durant, do your thing. Everybody else will get the rebound. Or if Kevin Durant or Kyrie don't want to shoot it, then they give it to you and they give you a look like, okay, you open, shoot it. But if, if it ain't the cut, that's the offense. And that's really what Steve Nash is doing, man. Throwing the ball out, ball out there and say, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, y'all do work. Drummond, you, you, you rebound. We need you, you got your support players. I don't know how far they can take you, though, as good as they are. Because when you face a team, because the Boston Celtics have a good team and them cats have roles. 
Now, Marcus Smart can play, but he's a defender. And I do. I like that robe you had on, bro, the defensive player of the year robe. That mug was pretty nice. But salute to you for winning that. And I got to give credit to the Boston Celtics, man. But everybody that's criticizing the Nets, let's remember now, Boston is the higher seed. That's the part. They were, at, they were playing at home. So they did what they were supposed to do, win the two games at home. But I, I, I guarantee you Kevin Durant comes out in game three at home against the Brooklyn. I mean, in Brooklyn. I get, I get KD about 30 points, 32 points, 12 or 22 from the field, about four or seven from three-point range. Because he's going to figure it out. Because that's just how cold he is. And some of those calls, some of that aggressiveness uh, uh, that Boston is able to get away with that at home, probably won't be able to get away with it on the road. But Boston served court, man. They up 2 nothing. KD, they got the best of you the first two games, my guy. I expect you to be ready to hoop out in game three, though. Other NBA games, playoffs from Wednesday night. The Sixers, one-on-four, take down the Raptors, one-on-one in overtime in, in Toronto. I say Toronto, but in Toronto. And they won it on a three-point bucket by their seven-foot center, Joel Embiid, in overtime. Embiid finishes with 33 points in that last three, the biggest three points of the game. Sixers go up three games to none now. I mean, so that series is over. But the fact of the matter that, okay, we know Embiid, man, 33 points. I mean, Big Dog is unguardable. You know what I'm saying? He, he's unguardable. NBA MVP to me for the 2021-2022 season. But Big Dog has taken this game to a whole nother level. He's one of, another one of those unguardable big men. But this is to me, you know, okay, I got to give credit to Doc Rivers because for, for one, his ass is out coaching Nick Nurse. Doc Rivers doesn't get enough credit with how he's game planning and having his players execute plays and putting his players in position to just beat down Toronto. But I got to give Doc Rivers credit for this because he specifically called that play for Joel Embiid, for his seven-foot center. Now, of course, Joel Embiid is their best player. So you want your best player to take the last shot. You win or lose with your best player. But the fact of the matter is he drew up and called a three-point play, a three, a, a play which calls for his big man to shoot a three to win the game. And I think Joel Embiid is on. I mean, he shoot. Well, I think he shot thirty nine percent from three in the regular season. Well, bro, give Doc Rivers credit for having that much confidence in his seven foot center. Because when you watch Danny Green threw the ball in, I think it was point. Let me look at point two. No, not point two point six seconds left. Danny Green throws the ball in. The Sixers Tobias Harris makes makes a great. I mean, great screen on the Raptors. Presses the true, presses the true. Memphis Tiger basketball, great. Salute to you, young Roy. But anyway, Doc Rivers calls the play, man. For Joel Embiid, Danny Green throws it in. Tobias Harris screens, picks, blocks off, presses the true, which allows Joel Embiid to cut. 
behind the three-point arc. Danny Green hits him. Clean pass, clean look. Joel Embiid rises up, fades to the left a little bit. Buckets, next. Hit all Brooklyn, and I say Brooklyn because all next. Bro, for Big Dog to stroke that thing like that so pure, clutch. For Doc Rivers to call this number, clutch. Great coaching. Great coach showing confidence in his best players. Even though if he would have missed, it would have went to a second overtime. So it wasn't a win or lose, do or die shot. But still, clutch. So Doc Rivers, salute to you, man. Now the Sixers up 3 nothing. Great pass by Danny Green. Danny, you know, Danny Green been in the league just balling and just being solid for a long damn time, bro. Cats don't talk about it. And Tobias Harris and kind of, man, look, James Harden have fouled out. And Tobias Harris is still a good ball player, but Cass hasn't really been talking about him. Because Embiid doing his thing. They got James Harden and Maxie then stepped up, the young Royal, stepped up. He balling. But Tobias Harris makes a good screen. Joel B gets open, catches that thing from Danny Green, man. Big boy, let it go. Now you shoot it. Yeah, let it go. Fading off to the left. Yeah, that money ain't hit the rim. It didn't even hit the rim. Nets, ball game. Sixers up 3-0 over the Raptors. So that series is over. It's done. But Toronto is a pretty city. Though. I used to play football for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is about 40-some minutes from Toronto. So we used to go to Toronto a lot. Beautiful city. Unfortunately, the Raptors are going to be able to experience that beautiful city even more because they ain't going to have nothing to do here shortly because Six is going to send their ass right on to the crib. They might win game four. But now, you know what? I'm going to give the Raptors. I don't think they're going to sweep them. Then once they go back to Philly, they can go back home for good and get ready to kick it on the beach in Toronto. But Joel LMB, salute to you, man. You my NBA. You my MVP for this year. And once again, salute to you, Doc Rivers, for calling on your big player like that, man. Calling a three-point play. And he knocked it down. Doc, you're a good coach, bro. You're a good coach. I don't give you enough credit. The third game that was played, the Bulls beat the Bucks on the road. 114 to 110. That series tied up at one apiece now. Let me know the Bucks, the reigning NBA champions. But Chicago, man, I'm telling you, Chicago. Billy Donovan got them playing some good basketball. But when you got somebody named DeMar DeRozan, who actually used to play in Toronto, now he plays for the Bulls in straight hooping. DeRozan gave him 41. He gave him 41 points. Career playoff high. He was unstoppable. And they beat the Bucks on the Bucks home court. He took over. I think he had, did he have 31 in the, or was that Devin Booker that had 31 in the first half? But DeMar DeRosa gave him that, uh, gave him a 41 piece. I mean, making, you know, making everybody that tried to guard him look foolish. And of course the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo did everything he can. He, he had 33 points and 18 rebounds. What can you say about him? 
What can you say? I ain't gonna call him a Greek freak. You ain't know, you ain't know, I ain't gonna call you the Greek freak, man. I don't even like the term freak. But he balls out. But DeMar DeRozan balls out too. He just, he was determined to lead the Bulls to a win. DeMar was like, we are not losing this ball game. And everybody that stepped up to him, he gave them that work. I like to say sprinkling salt in their face. He was sprinkling salt right in their face. Sprinkle salt in the cat's face. What happened? They probably, it, it, it's sprinkle salt in their eyes. Don't start crying. Don't get a little teary out. So DeMar DeRose and everything, salt. Because that's what I see when he, when he followed through and brings down, salt. 41 points, man, career playoff high. Of course, he has some help, but DeMar DeRose basically leading that squad, right? So now that series tied up at a, at a game apiece. But the Bucs did lose Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis to some injuries. So they were short. Still, the fact of the matter, it, it, it don't matter. Uh, De DeMar DeRozan was hooping before they got hurt. So that series tied at one apiece, man. But to be honest with you, I, I don't really care nothing about it. But I love watching great basketball players, great athletes. Giannis Antetokounmpo, great athlete. DeMar DeRozan, great basketball player. And Giannis is a great basketball player. So I love watching that kind of high-level athleticism and high-level professionalism and high-level entertainment. So that's up, 1-1. One, one. Now I want to go to football before I wrap this up, man. NFL draft is upon us, almost upon us. It's almost here. And I want to talk about a team that I'm really not supposed to like them because I used to play for the Rams when they were in St. Louis, but, you know, it's still the organization, so I'm still a Rams fan. So I'm really not supposed to like the 49ers. But actually, I, I, I used to. I mean, Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and Roger Craig, John Taylor, Charles Haley, Ronnie Lott, Dwight Clark, I mean, I, I, I like I like the 49ers, man. I like that franchise. And I, I, I left out some names, but, you know, because it's a, it's a 49ers running back. I, I, I love, man, but he played during the same time I played. Don't know, Ricky Waters used to be toting that rock. I don't think he get enough credit, though. But, you know. But I'm going to talk about him. Right now, because if y'all, they done messed up their relationship with, they with their best player. I don't care anybody you name on San Francisco. Whatever you say, whoever you say, Debo Samuel is their best player. Period. If you know anything about football, you know that dude is a football player. He's the epitome of a football. See, football. when you define football players, got to be toughness. Physical toughness, mental toughness, emotional toughness. That's a football player. Now, you add greatness to it because, you know, when, when you're able to utilize the, 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 the athletic ability and the gifts that the Most High has blessed you with, now you're great. So Debo Samuel, 
great football player. The 49ers to mess up their relationship with dude because he wants to be traded. Why does he want to be traded? I don't know. I know he wants money, though. More money than what he's getting, and he deserves it. Now, Debo is going into his fourth year of his rookie contract. Played at South Carolina, second round pick. So he's going into his fourth year of his rookie contract. Debo's set to make, I think, $4 million next season. $4 million, if I'm right. If I'm wrong, y'all tell me. Put it in the comments. And also make sure y'all like, go to all the podcast platforms and follow the Run Pass Option podcast with Doc Holliday and Isaac Bruce. But anyway, set to make $4 million, fourth year of his uh, rookie contract. It's a lot of money, huh? Yeah, but Debo, Debo deserves more. He wants to be one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. And he should. This is what Debo gave the 49ers last year, last season. More than 1,400 receiving yards, I think, which was fifth in the NFL. Fifth now. Not only that, they use big, they use dude at running back. I think Debo was listed at six feet, 215 pounds. Use him at running back too. I think he had 59 carries, almost 400 yards. Basically, he averaged six yards a carry. So he had eight rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns, total of 14 touchdowns. If I'm right, let me check, let me check, let me check. My, yeah. Last season, 77 catches, 1,405 yards, six touchdowns. 59 carries, 365 yards, eight touchdowns, six yards of carries. So he can do it all. And he wants to get paid like all the rest of the top wide receivers. But for some reason, Debo, like, I don't want it to be in San Francisco. But I know one thing he talked about, man. This, he, he was, I, I think he tweeted it out or something. He was complaining about the 49ers fans making racist comments toward him. Uh, Sandy Roger, 49ers fans now, because he says he's not going to any offseason workouts. Voluntary offseason workouts now. Voluntary means voluntary. They don't have to go. But he said he ain't going because he wants a new contract. And I don't blame him, man. They'd be them same fans that be cheering for you. Be the same ones saying the most vile, disrespectful, racist things to you and about you. But I'm going to be honest. I, have to, I, I tell athletes when I talk to them because I understand. Uh, most fans really don't love you now. They love how you can entertain them and what you can do for the, what you're doing for their team. Now, there are a lot of fans that I can't even say they genuinely care because they don't really genuinely know you. They just know you, your public persona, and you playing a sport. But these, a lot of these athletes get it twisted thinking fans actually love them when they don't. They just love what you can do for them. Not all fans. I, I'm, I'm going to say most of them. And I don't even know most fans. But that's just how it is, man. 
They love you, Debo, because you play you playing for, for the 49ers and you're making them feel good and you're entertaining them and helping their team win. Making their lives better because they win big games. They're able to go through their life and go to work and all feeling good. But the minute you say or do something they don't like, then they'll show you how they really feel about you. And that's just the fact that it matter, man. Y'all know it's the truth. But Debo like, nah, I'm good. Y'all just trading. Because I think he ended the season talking about how much he liked Kyle Shanahan and how much he liked how the 49ers were using him. And I watch him play, man. I used to hate when my Rams face dude. Because there's nothing you could do. There's nothing they could do. Dude, dude gets the rock. He has great vision. They take, now, he plays wide receiver now. But he would be considered one of the best running backs in the NFL if he played running back full or uh, full time. Because this is why. Not only is he big and strong and his lower body strong as hell, he has great vision. He ain't really that quick, but he's fast and he's quick enough to find a hole and get through it. Then once he gets through it, he's strong enough to run your ass over and to drag you. So he could be considered one of the best running backs in the NFL if he played running back. But he's also considered one of the best receivers in the NFL. Now, of course, he might not go deep and put up the big plays, the big flashy plays like Devontae Adams or a Tyreek Hill. But you know why? If he had a quarterback like them dudes had, he would. Garoppolo ain't that dude. Throwing them deep, deep balls, man, placing them perfectly and let no. But Debo excelled anyway. So now he want to get paid like them top receivers. And I understand why. I think I saw something or heard something. His 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 salary is like what he's supposed to make. 54th in the league. Is it in the league? Gotta be. Four million a year. Now he's putting up big time numbers now. And I know he he saw everybody saw what some of these other receivers have gotten this offseason. Oh, y'all y'all remember? Okay, let's go. Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Dolphins traded them to Miami. They gave up a lot. But Tyreek Hill got a lot. Tyreek Hill signs a deal. Four years, $120 million, $72 million guaranteed. Y'all understand what $72 million guaranteed means? As soon as you sign, guaranteed. I think maybe 50, 50 million of his were guaranteed once he signs. So Tyreek Hill gets four years, $120 million. Then Devontae Adams wants, he, 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 he asked to get the hell on out of Green Bay. So they send him to Las Vegas. Devontae Adams gets five years, $141 million, $65 million guaranteed. Then the Buffalo Bills give Stephon Diggs a, an extension, four years, $96 million, $70 million in guarantees for him. So, of course, Debo want to get that loot. These dudes going to be making an average of $28 million a year, if I'm doing my math right. And Debo said to make four next year? Come on, man. Come on, bro. Come on. And for everybody to say, well, you signed a contract, live up to your command, get on out of here with that, man. 
because NFL teams don't always live up to those contracts. They'll pay. That's why it's so much. That's why it's, it's so important to get guaranteed money. Because they'll cut your ass with a whole bunch of money left on your contract. Don't nobody say nothing about that. Don't nobody say nothing about NFL teams and NBA, specifically NFL teams when they cut players and players still got time left on their contract and they don't want to give them the money. Don't nobody say nothing to the NFL teams. Hey, man, y'all signed a contract that even though you cut them, still pay them all their money on besides the guaranteed. But when the player be like, no, 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 bro. You got to give me my value, at least close to my value. Now everybody want to talk about it. So San Francisco, y'all have messed up that relationship with Debo Samuel. Look, man, don't think that dude is just that easy, re easily replaceable now. There's a lot of great wide receivers in the NFL. And some, a couple of them, even though as good as they are, you can kind of interchange them. But ain't none of them receivers giving you anybody what Debo Samuel gives you. Toughness, attitude, personality. Because when I think about the 49ers, I think, damn, that's a, that's a tough-ass team. But I think that because I think of Debo Samuel because he's a tough-ass dude. He gives them that identity. And y'all have messed up the relationship with him? Y'all think it's just that easy to go out and get another Debo? Man, I love to see Debo Samuel pull up to the 49ers facility, man, on that bike like Debo and Friday. Take somebody chain. No, I don't take nobody chain. Debo up this play. San Francisco, y'all messed up that relationship with dude, man. That's dumb as hell, bro. That's stupid. Absolutely stupid. But Debo, I hope you get your money, man. You deserve it. But I'm glad 49ers out and messed that up. Because I want my Rams to dominate the NFC West again. Because if y'all ain't got Debo, y'all not going to win it. Because the Rams have added Allen Robinson to go with Cooper Cup. Huh? Oh, oh, defense too. Oh, yeah, they added Bobby Wagner. To go with Aaron Donald. Hey, man. Hey. I'm just saying. The way to go, 49ers, the way to mess that up, because I want my Rams to dominate that division because Seattle didn't get, they didn't gave it up. Arizona, they all a mess. Kyler Murray, I just like, like, don't nobody even like him. Yeah, if, no, Kyler Murray, bro, look, man, let me tell you something. I ain't in a lot, I don't know you. But when your own teammates who are still your teammates come out and criticize you publicly, you must really be an asshole, dog. Now, I ain't, I, I can't call you. I don't know you because I, I hadn't had a. But when they do that and listening to some of the things that some of your teammates are saying. Now, sometimes when coaches say it, I'd be like, All right, coaches have, a, you know, they, they'll have a beef. But when players say it, when multiple players say it. Dog. But a lot of NFL players, a lot of professional athletes. They have little baby mentalities. They're privileged and entitled and spoiled. Want their way all the time, and they'll throw temper tantrums when they don't get them. 
lot of these dudes treat their teammates like crap, like they're below them. Not saying that's what Kyler Murray does because I don't know the little dude from Oklahoma. But dang, bro. So you probably not going to, you're going to be up out of that joint. But these athletes have to understand, look, man, your window for making a lot of money is not that big now. And let me go off on a tangent for a little bit before I wrap it up. Any athletes listening, look, man, start saving your money. Stop wasting your money on all this meaningless, vain-ass things, all these big-ass jewelry and these chains, what these jewelers are ripping you off, man, overcharging y'all. Buying these three and $400,000 cars, man, for what? Three and four houses, for what? Learn some financial literacy. Invest that money. Put it up. I wish I could go back to the little money I made. I would have saved it, but I understand you young. You ain't used to getting them big checks. But I can also tell you now, a lot of them agents, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're not trying to, get, they're not trying to help you learn no financial literacy. They want to clip you. Then they're going to give you a, I got a financial planner for you. That person going to clip you. I got a real estate person for you. That person going to clip you. I got a tailor for you. He going to overcharge you or she going to overcharge you and clip you. Y'all got to do better, man. Y'all got to learn. Y'all got to learn. But anyway, I'm out. I ain't, ain't going to keep rambling and stuff, man. I ain't going to keep rambling. But yeah. Debo, get paid, man. Get that loot. San Francisco, y'all messed that up. Grizzlies, in, we in Minnesota for game three. 1-1 series. Shannon Sharp, tell you right now, man, keep your mouth off of the city of Memphis, man, in the state of Memphis. Keep your mouth off the Memphis Grizzlies. Keep your mouth off John Morant. Because your mouth wrote a check that the Timberwolves ass couldn't cash in game two because you talked all that noise about John Morant and the Grizzlies. And you the reason Minnesota got their head beat in. Well, they were going to beat their head in anyway, regardless of what you said, but you helped it. But that's going to do it for another great episode of the Run Pass Hobson with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Thank you for watching. And remember, make sure you follow the Run Pass option. Subscribe here on YouTube, but make sure you follow the Run Pass option on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, Google Play, and Google Play. Play, we out. Yeah.